Huel is a direct-to-consumer brand growing to annual revenues of £70 million. They sell meal replacement shakes to a predominantly fitness crowd, and they've built a huge loyal customer base by carving their own path and differentiating what they do from all of their competitors. They've got one of the best websites of any e-commerce brand I can remember reviewing, and their marketing positioning is very well thought through. Despite this, they are leaving money on the table with their digital marketing. In this episode, we're going to break down exactly how Huel has grown to where it is, what it's doing really well so you can copy and learn from it, and where the potential is for them to level up. If you're looking to grow your business online, whether you're in Huel's space or not, stay tuned. This story is packed full of lessons. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at digital marketing agency Exposure Ninja. We help our clients generate more leads and sales through their website, and that is exactly what this show is all about. Today, we're going to be doing a deep dive into Huel's digital marketing. Now, we're going to break the show up into a few different sections. Firstly, we're going to discuss their positioning and their key marketing messages. This is really important, and it's one of Huel's strengths. Then we're going to discuss how these are shared on their website, what they do to increase their average order value, and some conversion rate boosters that they're using as well. Then then we're going to talk through the different traffic channels that Huel uses, looking at social media, influencer and search in particular. We're going to break down their email marketing and talk about some of the things that they could be doing with automations. And then at the end, I'm going to wrap up with the key lessons and takeaways for you to apply so that you can be a little bit more Huel. By the way, there's a video version of this podcast episode on our YouTube channel. So if you want to watch that and look at the screen as I'm talking through these examples, then you can go to YouTube and just search Exposure Ninja. I'm not going to tell you any more than that. You know how to use YouTube right now. Okay, so let's talk about Huel's positioning. So if you don't already know Huel, they are a meal replacement powder. Basically, you put some powder in a bottle and you can drink it instead of having to eat. If you're one of those kids that said, Mommy, why can't I just have a pill? instead of having to eat this boring food, then basically Huel is living that dream for you. So this is quite an interesting space to play in. You've kind of got two audiences. You've got the fitness crowd who are often used to putting on weight and wanting to build muscle. And then you've got the weight loss crowd that are usually looking to reduce their weight. Now the fitness crowd have historically been sold protein shakes and supplements like that. And then the weight loss crowd has been sold meal replacements and various other diet things. Now Huel is kind of straddling both of these because they're meal replacement and in places on their website they do talk about weight loss but they're also selling to a crowd that is very clearly targeted at building muscle and fitness goals. So they're really combining these two different things. Now, there's a potential for this to be quite confusing in their marketing because do they talk about weight gain and building muscle or do they talk about weight loss? Well, they've made the call to predominantly talk about weight gain. There is some mention of weight loss and we'll talk a little bit about this later on when we talk about the different opportunities for how they could expand. But most of the time they're talking about weight gain, they're talking about smashing fitness goals and the images that they use on their website are very clearly targeting the fitness market. Now we can see this through the use of the images and the models on their homepage, for example. 
uh, where they're, you know, fitness people wearing workout clothes, drinking their Huel drinks. We can see this through their Instagram timeline, where the majority of people that are taking photos, the majority of the user-generated content is people who are active and they're doing active stuff. They also have very, very high-impact branding, black and white images. They do use color accents, but it's very black and white, um, which obviously has a bit more connotation towards the fitness side, the hard-hitting side of things, rather than the traditional weight-loss dieting space which tends to be more reds and pinks and uh, kind of more muted colors. Now, if we talk about how these marketing messages are used on the website, there is loads of really good stuff. So the headline above the fold on the site is the world's number one complete food. If we think about the challenge that Huel has, it's basically to sell this product to an audience that has never bought meal replacement shakes before. The fitness crowd are not used to buying these, so this is a new concept to them. And Huel therefore has to sell the concept to them before it sells the product. So having a nice clear headline that says the world's number one complete food explains exactly what it is. There's then a, a second paragraph underneath that says over over 150 million meals sold, which is obviously designed for credibility. The introductory text says, swap out lunch, swap in Huel. Get all the carbs, protein, fiber, fats, and 26 vitamins and minerals you need from a meal. Plus, save time on your meal prep from only £1.32 per serving. Now there's actually loads going on here. We're talking about the benefits of Huel. So we're saying it saves you time. We're talking about carbs, protein, fiber, and fats, and 26 vitamins. Again, this is the language of the fitness crowd more than the dieting crowd who would be talking about taste and delicious flavors. And then we've got save time on meal prep. Now meal prep is obviously a phrase used by the fitness crowd as well. From only £1.32 per serving, they're selling the benefits of this being cheaper than getting complete nutrition from food. Then above the fold on the homepage, we also have Trustpilot, Trust Score 4.6 for 8,000 plus reviews. So what we're doing here is we're answering the objections, we're introducing the business, and we're slamming people with bags of credibility. Use of Trustpilot reviews, fantastic way of building credibility. As we scroll down the homepage, we find uh, we're basically being pitched on, again, both the concept and the product. So there's headlines like, this isn't diet food, it's food food. Um, replace boring meals, keep family dinners. We then have different sections on the homepage, which are all about the benefits of fuel, the fact it's complete nutrition, no food waste, save time, humane, vegan, save money, simple. So what do we get from this? We get that this is a business which is doesn't take for granted that people are going to want to buy this product. This is really important if your business is selling something which isn't immediately obvious to people. If you're having to introduce a new concept to them, you need to go through this sales process. You need to explain, you need to answer their objections. Huel clearly understands their target audience. Some of the objections that they're handling, things like humane, vegan, they're often talking about sustainability, food waste, that type of thing. These are a direct match for their target audience. They know that these things are really hot topics for the people that they're selling to. And we'll talk a little bit about how they collect that knowledge um, a little bit later on. But they also do things like have nutritionists and dietitians featured on the website. This could partly be to um, answer objections that people might have about whether this is a healthy route, but it's also just to build credibility with the brand as a whole. Because here we have people with letters after their names saying that this is a good product and that 
they'd happily recommend it. So this is fantastic positioning and, and really one of the reasons I think this site is so good is because they've got all these objections handled. They've clearly got the features and benefits well thought through in their marketing positioning and then they're just nailing through them on every single page of the site. Now Huel is fundamentally a subscription business. They want to sell you the product not just today but every month for the rest of your life. They want to replace the food that you buy. So what's really important to them and any subscription business is getting that customer the first time. How much are you willing to incentivize that first purchase knowing that your average order value or your lifetime, your customer lifetime value is going to be pretty high? Well, what you'll do is they give you free delivery, a free t-shirt and a free shaker with your first purchase. So what they're doing is they're reducing their margin on the first sale because they know that that's more likely to get a customer than, you know, if you just say buy it now and that there's no additional incentive to do that. So I think it's a smart move. If we move into their product pages, we'll also notice um, that, and, and again, you can watch the video version of this if you want on the YouTube channel, but on their product pages, they've got a, a really kind of different design, different layout to what we would expect on a typical product. So I'm gonna explain the desktop version of this to you if you're listening, right? So on the left-hand side, we've got the Huel product. So we can see product image, we can see um, the headline, and we can see a little bit of introductory text. On the right-hand side, we have all of the different flavors that you can buy. Now, these flavors have quantities next to them, and it's really easy to increase the quantities on any flavors. What this allows you to do is basically build a large order of lots of different flavors with lots of different quantities very, very quickly. If we think about how you would do this on Amazon, for example, you'd have to flick between different flavors and add separate quantities of each. Whereas on the Huel website, these are all stored in the same table and literally with six clicks, you can request six different products in different flavors. With another few clicks, you can change the quantities of all of these as well. So it's a really simple interface. Then just underneath that, instead of the buy now button, they actually have a purchase type box. This allows you to choose between subscription where you get 10% off and a one-time purchase. Interestingly, cunningly, geniusly, if that's a word, the subscription option is default. So by default, they want to sell you the subscription. If you don't choose the one-time purchase, you are default purchasing a subscription to whatever you've just bought. You can choose your delivery frequency and it answers objections like you can cancel when you want to, you can edit your subscription anytime as well. It then shows you the discount that you've got. It breaks it down as a per meal cost as well, which I think is genius because the average order value is probably going to be reasonably high. I've got a few bags in my cart here and it's around 172 pounds, but then it's breaking it down into a number of meals and shows me that each meal is only £1.26, which allows me to kind of logically get over that initial basket cost and think actually how much am I really saving with this. Then we've got the button to subscribe. Now just underneath the button to subscribe, we've got some credibility triggers. If you're fans of the Exposure Ninja podcast and videos, you'll know that we're a big fan of using credibility anytime time you're asking someone to place trust. And if you're asking someone to subscribe every four weeks to a product, you need to have that level of trust there. So underneath the subscription button, they've got their trust pilot reviews, 8,000 reviews, and then they've got all the uh, the publications that they've been featured in. So BBC, Daily Mail, Forbes, High Snobiety, uh, The Guardian, The Telegraph, The Times and Wired. Why are they doing this? It's for credibility. It's to answer that objection. Oh, you know, someone's hovering over that subscription button. Is that going to be right? 
right for me? Is this going to be good? Well, here are 8,000 people on Trustpilot that said it was good. Here are all these publications that are talking about this. So it's just a way of chipping away at that doubt. Let's scroll down the, the product page a little bit more because I actually think it's a genius product page. So I'm going to talk you through exactly what we're looking at. So just underneath this top above the fold section where you've got the product and the subscription and the purchase options, we've got what makes the Huel Black Edition. So we've got a picture of the product in the middle and then we've got some features all around it. These features are things like 26 vitamins and minerals, 40 grams of protein, gluten-free, zero artificial sweetener. So we're talking about the different selling points or the different benefits of this product. Then if we keep scrolling down, we've got another bullet point list of more benefits. But really, actually, these aren't benefits, they're objections being handled. So some of them are zero animal products. So why are they saying that? Well, because one potential objection people might have is, I can't buy this, I'm vegan or I'm vegetarian. So there's a zero animal product completely knocked out that objection from our question. Another objection might be, how long does it keep for? Well, one year shelf life, the bullet point says, boom, that objection's gone. What else have we got? Nut free, GMO free, BCAAs, palm oil free. Anytime you see something that says, you know, this thing free, like GMO free, that's an objection handling device. That is not a feature, that's an objection handling device. So what they're trying to do is just break down any possible objection that the customer might have. Then underneath this, this is a long product page, by the way, there's a section that says any questions that we haven't answered. And we've got probably 25 FAQs. You can expand any of these to see what the answer answers are and they're pretty good they're pretty um, comprehensive and they do actually match what people would be asking things like why is this more expensive than another one is it a weight loss product um, where is it made when will I receive it can I return it so these are like legitimate questions not just like why is this so great please tell me why it's the best thing in the world it's actually the questions that people might have then underneath that we've got more benefits fast food not junk food complete nutrition plant-based convenient affordable Underneath that, we've got some sciencey looking stuff. We've got a bit of a chart with different numbers and percentages on. Why are we doing this? Well, because if I'm going to be outsourcing my nutrition to a company, I want to feel like there's some expertise, some science behind it. And here is a sciencey looking chart. And I'm saying that to be, you know, this is how the world works, right? Watch a shampoo advert or a toothpaste advert. Look at a packet of toothpaste, and the whole thing is designed to look sciencey. They don't have to make it look sciencey but by making it look sciencey they remove some of the uh, the objections that people might have and they build credibility with it so it's really important that they're doing that underneath we then have some images we have a picture of someone in a gym drinking Huel target audience identification we've got a thing about sustainable ingredients showing some ingredients showing that this is pure what's in it is good then we've got Huel is officially a low carbon food so again they're selling the benefits of Huel against your normal foods that you eat then and we've got more um, credibility through the testimonials, 150 plus million meals sold in 100 plus countries, lots of happy hooligans. Now, the hooligans are what they call their fan base, basically, their customers or email subscribers. And it's a really genius way of making people identify, giving themselves a label, oh, I'm a hooligan, because then they're identifying with the product, they're identifying with the brand. There's lots of psychological principles about consistency, which that taps into. And they talk about that a lot on their 
their Instagram, they talk about it, um, they call their email list, become a hooligan and that type of thing as well. So this is a really, really good product page. I'm a big fan of this product page and really the whole website in general. Um, I think there's a lot that's going really right here um, and I would even go so far as to call the product page majestic. <laughs> now, I also mentioned there are a couple of things that they do to align themselves with their customers. Let's talk about these. Um, so the first thing I'm gonna talk about is their FAQs. Now in the about section on their website, they have an FAQs and help center page. So this is a page with categorized FAQs and each of them are in expandable accordion sections. This is fine because if I go onto the page and I wanna find out is it uh, is it vegan, for example, I can just about find my way to the is it vegan question and I can see my answer and it all works. There is an opportunity to level this up though, because if you actually Google is Huel vegan, what comes up isn't the Huel website. What comes up is somebody else's site where they're talking about this and they're answering the question. This is a bit of a drop the ball on Huel's part in my opinion, because they've actually got that answer on their website. The reason that Google isn't showing their website as the answer, even though it is the brand, is because they don't have a dedicated page for that question. If they had a dedicated page, is Huel vegan, and they had answered that in detail, then in all likelihood, that would be the page that would be ranking rather than this third party site. The danger of handing it over to a third party site is if that third party is injecting affiliate codes or affiliate links for other related products instead, you might be potentially losing some of that custom that's actually in the consideration phase of the buying journey. If someone's searching is Huel vegan, they're probably about ready to go they're about ready to buy, right? This is the sort of person that you want on your website, not on some blogger's website where they might be advertising a competitor because they're getting a, an affiliate commission for that competitor. So this is a really important thing for Huel and I'd love to see them taking these FAQs, splitting them out onto separate pages and then writing a bit more of a detailed answer. For example, if someone's searching is Huel vegan, the answer is yes, it is. But what you might want to do on that page is go into a bit more detail about the positive environmental impact that Huel has, the fact that it's lower carbon than food, their sustainability policies and all this type of stuff as well. You might then link through to uh, products which are most suitable for vegans or most popular by vegans. You might also show some of the vegan influencers that use Huel as well. So actually, by writing an FAQ page for that answer, you have an opportunity to really target that vegan audience and give them a very clear page which is optimized for the objections and the consideration that they need to be going through. So this is a really big opportunity. Right, the other thing that they do really well on their website is they have a forum built into their site at discuss.huel.com. So lots of sites used to have forums and they kind of fallen a bit out of fashion these days, haven't they? You don't really see too many sites with forums built in. But Huel has a forum and it's pretty active. If you go in any of the top categories, you'll see that people are posting, you know, relatively frequently. So it looks like we've had probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 posts in the last day. Now, this to me is really interesting and I spent a bit of time going through the different posts on this forum to see why they were doing this. Like, what's the point? Why are they maintaining a forum? And what it's clear is that they are using this forum as a way of understanding what their customers' questions are. They're understanding how people are using Huel, they are understanding their objections, they're understanding their fears, they're getting questions about sustainability, and they're practicing and rehearsing their answers to these questions. So for example, people saying, why isn't the packaging sustainable? 
they say, well, because, you know, the first time they answered that question, it would have been, uh, because uh, uh, we're looking at it. Well, they're now at a place where someone says, why isn't the packaging sustainable? They say, because actually using non-sustainable package allows us to increase the shelf life, which reduces wastage, which we think is actually more sustainable than using sustainable packaging if it meant more food waste right so they've practiced that answer they've got that answer down and it's like that for a lot of these things where they use it to kind of go through reps and understand what's important to their audience answer those objections but it's also basic customer research they're finding out how people are mixing Huel with different products they're finding out what people's favorite flavors are they're finding out about how much people use the questions that they have about comparing different products so this is a really fantastic tool for them to do their customer research in a very simple way much higher volume of customer research than they'd be able to use if they were using customer research agency or sending out questionnaires and that type of stuff because everyone's just talking here so i really like this i think it's super smart and it's one of the um, things that i think has given them it's one of the assets which has allowed them to build such clear positioning which i'd see as a real competitive advantage for them I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Don't forget if you are, then do click subscribe if you haven't already and please do leave us a review. We love getting reviews. And don't forget also, if you want some help with your digital marketing, then you can request a free website and digital marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. During this review, we will have a look through your website, your traffic channels, and also your competitors. We'll prioritize the things that you could be doing over the next six to 12 months to increase the volume of leads and sales that you're generating through your website. And we'll then record this as a video which we'll send over to you usually within two to three working days it's completely free of charge and awesome so go to exposureninja.com to request your free website and digital marketing review today okay back to the show so now we're going to look at the traffic channels that Huel are using. So how are they driving people to this website? We're going to look at social, influencer, and search. Firstly, we're going to start with the social ads that they're using. Now, one thing that's clear looking through the ad library on Facebook is that they are very heavy on video ads. And we know that video is an important type of ad creative for them because their senior performance marketing manager ben credits video ads to turning around their ad performance in the us the sorts of videos that they're doing are a combination i'd say between sort of standard product type videos um shot with you know actors and actresses like using the the product in in different you know typical environments they've got their backpacks on they're going to the gym that type of thing also with some testimonial videos which kind of look like influencers um so they've got this this combination but one thing that's really clear is they've got a really clear brand identity across their website all of their social it's black and white with a few accent colors with some browns and yellows but this is really used consistently across all of their ads as well like if you're a Huel follower, you could spot a Huel post from a mile off because they are so consistent with their colors and their font usage as well. One thing that surprised me or, or slightly surprised me initially about their ads is that they're actually pretty text heavy. So the ad um, images or the video has text in as well. So there's quite a lot of text in the images. So I'm looking at one here that says, did you know that a Huel meal contains all of this? More protein than three eggs, all the vitamin C of an orange, more omega-3 than a salmon, 
fillet, more potassium than a banana, from as little as £1.76 per meal. Now, all of that text was in the image itself. And then on top of that, they've got quite a long description of five lines. Now, if we contrast this with some of the other um, digital marketing deep dives that we've done for brands like Movement Watches, where they use hardly any copy in their ads. Um, they use so little copy in their ads that actually they could probably use them across different countries because, you know, there's just nothing to uh, nothing to need to translate. Now, very different proposition to Huel here. Obviously, Huel has to explain their product. They have to make more of a logical argument than someone like Movement, where they're just selling a product based on its appearance. So that'll be why they're using more copy. But even so, I'd be really interested to see, to test against lower copy, getting the curiosity click coming through to the website. Let's talk about their influencer model, because this is a, a business, this is a market that is a very kind of influencer-led space. So clearly there are some influencers being used. Um, for example, there's a, a post on their Instagram um, on the uh, hashtag Huel or hashtag Huligans from Kuaru, who is someone who's living in a van and they've got pictures of them uh, using Huel. So that's great. And that's a typical kind of influencer thing. And we can see that she's sponsored because she lists Huel as one of the brands that she works with. They also get some organic mentions from people who are on their fitness journey or people who just like the product and they are using the right hashtags, hashtag Huel, hashtag Huligans. And looking through some of these organic mentions shows that there is potential. I'm looking at one here from someone who's got very few followers, like 400 followers, um, and they've had 11 likes on this picture, which isn't a particularly appealing picture picture of some Huel. In fact, it looks pretty gross, to be honest. Um, the caption is dinner time, so far the best flavor from Huel. And then people, the, the comments are saying, been looking at that, do you like it? Um, someone else is saying, I'm loving the strawberries and cream at the moment with vanilla a close second, I'll give this a try. Someone else saying, I'm gonna try it. So here we've got very low engagement, 11 likes, but three comments from people who look to have been influenced to purchase by this really relatively unappealing post. That's really interesting to me. And that shows that there is potential with the influencer marketing. Now, I couldn't see that much evidence of a real consistent influencer campaign here. The Huel posts aren't featuring loads and loads of influencers. If we look at someone like Gymshark, where a lot of their posts are actually made up of influencers, they'll be tagging the influencer um, in the post in their caption. And that's like the majority of their content is along those lines. We don't see that at all with Huel. We have really have to dig through their page to find any influencers mentioned. So I feel like there's an opportunity here to take this to another level. There's also an opportunity to um, utilize this fact that people are sharing it organically, but incentivize them to do so a bit more. So one of our clients um, is, has borrowed a strategy or we've borrowed a strategy from my protein to use with a client uh, where you run an affiliate code campaign for your influencers. So what you do here is you create massively, uh, you auto create massive amounts of influencer um, affiliate codes. And then when someone purchases, you send them an insert with their affiliate code or you send them an email with their affiliate code. When they share this with their friends or their contacts or whatever, whoever they share it with, then a few things happen. Firstly, if there's a discount in there, like share this with your friends for 10% off, then they are more likely to share it because there's an incentive for their friend to actually use it. The next thing that happens is their friend is more likely to purchase because there's a discount, so they're actually getting a benefit for using the discount code. The third thing is you get to track who the most influential influencers are. You get to measure 
everybody who is sharing that voucher code and see who is the most effective. This then allows you to build deeper relationships with the people that are influencing purchases. So you could then move into a sponsorship arrangement or an ambassador relationship later on if they're you know, earning that right. So they could really take this to another level. The fact that they've got people already organically just mentioning the product and it seems to be spurring purchase makes me think that they could be a little bit more aggressive with this and a little bit more strategic and look at leveraging that through an influencer um, affiliate voucher program. The other thing that they could do is target bigger influencers using a sponsorship program. So recently, Stephen Bartlett, who is about to be on Dragon's Den and is a well-known young entrepreneur, has been talking about the fact that he is now a Huel shareholder. He is invested in the business and Huel is everywhere in the videos that he shares, right? So this is the makings of a sponsorship program, a larger program where they work with higher profile people and either offer them equity, which we've seen work very successfully for large, large influencers, or just simply pay an amount to an influencer uh, for a certain amount of promotion on their channel. So I'd like to see them testing this water a little bit more because it feels like the sort of product that could do really well. And we've seen how other brands like MyProtein, for example, are going really aggressive on influencers. Um, and there's absolutely no reason why that shouldn't translate to Huel. Okay, let's talk a little bit about search because there is loads of opportunity with search. Now, if we have a look at their rank rankings and their paid traffic in SE ranking. And by the way, you can use SE ranking, you can use SEMrush if you want a free trial of SEMrush and use go to thankyouninjas.com, fantastic tool, thankyouninjas.com. But if we analyze the traffic that's coming through to the site, we can see that they've got a really good amount of organic traffic and we're estimating in the UK at least uh, 57,000 visits per month with paid at around 81,000. Now that paid traffic has increased from almost nothing at the start of 2020. So really they've made an aggressive push into PPC. They've also enjoyed some steady improvements in their organic visibility since 2019. Now this is in the UK. In the US it's a slightly different picture where they've been investing more in their PPC over 2019 than they actually took a dip in 2020 and now they're starting to ramp things up again. What we're going to do is just talk through some of the opportunities that they have with organic search. So appearing organically in Google. Google results. If we look at the keywords that they're ranking for, we notice that most of the phrases that they're ranking for are branded terms. Things like Huel, Huel discount code, Huel weight loss, Huel review, Huel reviews, Huel diet, these sorts of things. It's not actually until we get down to things like meal replacement shake, where they're ranking position 15, so on page two, that we start to find non-branded commercial intent keywords. So meal replacement shake for me is a fantastic phrase for Huel to target. This is someone who is looking to replace their meals with a shake. That is exactly what Huel does. Bang on. But the problem is the page that is ranking for that term is Huel's homepage. Now if you do a quick find on Huel's homepage for the phrase meal replacement, it doesn't exist. So Huel.com is ranking for meal replacement shake even though they don't use that word. Now obviously that's a very basic test of optimization but what we can uh, ascertain from that is they are not optimizing that page for meal replacement shake. So the opportunity for them is to optimize it for meal replacement shake. So what they could do is they could either optimize their homepage for that or what I would do is set up a separate page 
optimized for meal replacement shake called meal replacement shake from Huel and talking all about how people use Huel as meal replacement, introducing it to the sort of customer that might be searching for meal replacement shakes. So there's loads of opportunity with that. Just those two variation keywords are picking up around about 18,000 searches a month, uh, meal replacement 5,400, and there's loads of opportunity for improving ranking there. I would consider that they're really not trying to rank for those terms, given that they don't have dedicated pages ranking for those phrases. There's also opportunity for things like how to gain weight, how to lose weight, as well. Now, strangely, Huel actually offers people a, a way of doing both. So there's opportunity there for people how to gain weight, which is going to be typically more of a fitness crowd. How to lose weight is typically going to be more of a diet crowd. But they have opportunity to improve their ranking for both of these sorts of topics. So they've got a guide on their website called the Huel Guide 2. So it'll be the Huel Guide to Gaining Weight or the Huel Guide to Fat Loss. But these pages really aren't particularly well done. Firstly, they're, the, they're called the Huel Guide to Gain Weight, where I would just call it how to gain weight because that's what people are asking. Then they're fairly dry articles. There are some images in there, but they're fairly dry about the principles behind gaining weight. And it's basically nothing particularly groundbreaking. And there are no, importantly, there are no uh, clear product links back to products which are optimized for gaining weight. How I would approach this if I was running the Huel marketing is I'd be writing these posts, how to gain weight. I'd be getting the nutritionist and the people on the Huel staff to contribute to these. We'd be talking about the principles of weight gain. We'd be talking about some of the techniques, some of the training, the nutrition piece. I'd make this a really comprehensive guide. In the nutrition section, I will be linking through to the best-selling Huel products for gaining weight. At the moment, they are not doing this. So what this means is you're potentially getting someone onto the site who's looking to gain weight. Huel would solve that problem for them, but they're not being linked through to the right product. So potentially they just browse around and then they leave. I know from experience, the conversion rate on that sort of setup is gonna be relatively low. You might be getting one, 2%, but you could be getting higher. Now, these are really high traffic phrases. So I'd like to see them being a lot more aggressive with the product placement on those pages. But you could also make these pages a real Bible of information. It also massively builds the credibility of Huel if they're using their fitness and nutritionist resources there as well. So loads of opportunity there. Um, one thing that they're doing really well, which is I'd even potentially label as genius, is they are ranking for Soylent UK. Now Soylent is a kind of Huel competitor, if you like, um, and they are ranking position two for Soylent UK. How they've done this is they've got a separate page on their site, which is called Comparison to Soylent, and it talks about Huel versus Soylent, the different features, different benefits of each. This for me is, you know, this is perfect. This is aggressive SEO targeting compared to brand terms. It's beautiful. So running pages which target your competitors' brands and have information about why you're different, why you're better, but you know, making it seem pretty balanced, but really obviously you're, you're leading people towards the conclusion that you are better than them is a great way of targeting their branded searches. A lot of people think of targeting competitor branded searches and they only think PPC, right? Running ads for your competitors' brands. But actually there's opportunity with organic as we can see here. Um, in the very early days of Exposure Ninja, we managed to get one of our clients outranking Apple for a particular Apple integration search term because our client offered this integration. 
Brighton. So that was a great boon for them and a great way of getting some traffic. So it's all about making a dedicated page and optimizing it for those phrases. So let's talk a little bit more about their paid search. We've talked about organic and we've talked about the opportunities they have to target some of these more generic phrases. Let's go over to the paid side of things. Now with paid, we see them being actually a little bit more aggressive, really. We see them targeting phrases like protein shakes, which they're not ranking for organically, but we can see they're being fairly aggressive with um, with paid because actually they're ranking, their ads are ranking position one. Now these aren't cheap phrases. These are highly, highly competitive phrases. So you have to be very confident in your conversion rate and your average lifetime value of a customer in order to justify playing the game uh, targeting protein shakes because so many others are targeting these phrases. They're also targeting things like shake meal replacement, which has a higher cost per click than protein shakes. No wonder because normally when you're selling a meal replacement, you're selling someone onto some sort of program. One really interesting thing for me is that they are targeting diets and they're targeting losing weight phrases with their PPC that they are not talking about or they're not ranking organically and they're not pushing as main benefits on their website. For example, they are running ads against best diet for losing weight. They're also running ads for SlimFast. Now, SlimFast is a diet competitor. The positioning of SlimFast is so different to Huel, it's not even funny. The difference is so stark, I would characterize it as if Huel is CrossFit, SlimFast is a day at the spa, right? This is a completely different experience. And this for me is another opportunity. To me, it gives you us a, a little bit of a hint as to what Huel's strategy will be like going forward if they do try and target these diet phrases in the diet market. But it does give me a glimpse as to where they're maybe a little bit limited with their marketing because the page that they're running, the SlimFast ads to, is basically a Huel product page. Now, if we have a look at the SlimFast website, it's all about bright colors. It's all about flavors. It's like you see these swirls of toffee like swirling around. It's about the taste. It's about the delicious flavors and all of this type of stuff. They are selling delicious food to you. They're basically selling chocolate and toffee and cakes as if it's healthy. The product videos show people talking about their dress sizes, holding up big jeans that they used to wear, but now they're all small. So it's a very different narrative to Huel. On the product page that Huel is running against the SlimFast keywords, they have a guy on the floor in a muddy park doing a push-up. Now, I can tell you, I've been to SlimFast meetings as a marketing exercise. I can tell you that muddy push-ups in the park is the exact opposite of what the SlimFast crowd is here for. Muddy push-ups, drop me out. Give me toffee on a bagel, I'm all in. But muddy push-ups, I'm not into that at all. So for me, there is a disconnect here. And if you are gonna be serious about targeting these competitor diet products, what they have to do is make sure that they're tailoring their message to that audience and what's important to that audience. So how might they do this? Given that Huel is all black and white and hardcore and everyone's wearing fitness gear and SlimFast is all about having a great time with your mates eating delicious food. Well, there's a few different ways they could play this. They could just re uh, kind of sell Huel in a slightly different way. So use different 
actors and different models in their product images for that page. They could use people that are more like the SlimFast target audience, the SlimFast customers. They could have a different product category for this. They could call it something else like Huel Light or something like that, where they're actually targeting fat loss and weight loss audience. And then they could tailor the message more specifically around that or they could create a sub-brand. So they could use all the technology and the research that they've done with Huel. They might not even need to change the product at all, but they could rebrand it in a way that allows them to be, you know, the pastels, the pinks, the reds that SlimFast uses and that so many in that space use. But what I don't think is gonna work is just going to the SlimFast crowd with Huel's typical message. There's gonna be a serious disconnect there. So this for me is both opportunity, but it's also potentially a pitfall that they might be falling into. All right, let's talk about their email marketing and then we're gonna wrap up with some actionable steps and some lessons. Now the emails that Huel are using are pretty good. They look good, they look clean, they obey all the brand guidelines that we would expect. We can see that there's a mixture of product focused stuff. So these will be very slick, well produced um, emails with nice, good quality product photography, a little bit of text, another image, and then some more text. It's pretty good. It looks like a Facebook ad, really. There's no differentiation between the email stuff that they're doing and their stuff on social. Now, for me, there is a little bit of potential here with Julian, the founder of Huel and their chief marketing officer being a kind of personality behind the business. He, for example, when you buy the product, you get a little thing which is, you know, signed by Julian. It's not signed by Julian, but it's got his signature. So there's like an attempt to bring a bit of an individual's personality into the brand. But with the emails, we don't get any of that at all. Now, email, remember, is a fundamentally person-to-person -person communication. Most of the emails that you open and that you actually read are from people. So I'd like to see them testing having the emails coming from an individual, even if it's a trainer in Huel rather than being Julian or someone like that, just so that people can start to build a bit of a relationship. They do have a mixture of information and product-focused stuff, although the, the information stuff is very thinly disguised. For example, I'm looking at a campaign here where they have sent out an email on the 1st of July that says um, three reasons to eat more protein Protein. And then on the 6th of July, they send you an email that's, hey, here's our new complete protein product. So it's very thinly disguised. It's all kind of self-interest focused. It's an indoctrination sequence, which is fine. But I'd also like to see them maybe testing some just pure value emails. For example, talking to influencers that they work with. What are your workout tips? What are your diet tips? How are you using Huel? Maybe we've got a Huligan spotlight where we can talk to someone who's been a fan of the business for ages and we can find out how it's transformed their lives. So I think there's a lot that they could do with the uh, with their email, which isn't just pitch, 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 pitch. Oh, here's some information which is gonna lead to a pitch in a few days time. So for me, there is still opportunity in that space. I hope you've been enjoying this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening. We love reading through the reviews and it really makes a difference. Also, don't forget that you can request your free website and digital marketing review from Exposure Ninja. Just go to ExposureNinja.com and click the big button to request your review today.
Okay, so what are the lessons that we can take from Huel's growth and apply to your digital marketing? Well, the first thing about Huel's growth is to me, the key to their success has actually been their positioning. They've essentially built their own category and they've found a message that really resonates with that target audience. This is something that you can learn from if you're selling something in a crowded space. How can you take that thing out of the crowded space and put it in its own blue ocean? If you haven't read the Blue Ocean Strategy book, then I'd highly recommend it. It's about moving what you do from being ultra competitive, you're fighting it out with competitors on price and putting it in, in its own category of one. And Huel for me has absolutely nailed that. When you get it right, it looks like this, right? You're not really competing against other businesses. You might be selling a meal replacement shake like other people are selling meal replacement shakes, but you're selling it in a different way to a different audience. Now they've also nailed this on the website. They have a rare clarity about how to position their product and what their audience truly cares about. Because they place a lot of importance on listening to their customers. Remember, they've got that forum built into their site. They're always listening to what people are saying. Now, a lot of sites could learn from the time and energy that Huel have put onto their site. This is a significant piece of work that requires a huge ongoing investment. Don't get confused that direct consumer growth is all just about social media and just plowing cash into Facebook. People are buying from your website. That really is the most important piece of the puzzle. As for their marketing, there is potential. Yes, they could use organic search better. They could target non-branded searches more. They could increase their fitness content using their in-house trainers, their nutritionists to build a knowledge base similar to how my protein have done. They could increase their traffic to uh, Huel FAQs by having different FAQ pages optimized for those. They could increase their traffic to people who are searching for how to gain weight, how to lose weight by optimizing those pages better. So there is a lot that they could do. They could also optimize their PPC by splitting out the weight loss crowd and the weight gain crowd a bit more effectively, understanding the different messages that each of those crowds needs. And in particular, if they're gonna go after the slim fast audience, they need a radically different message in my opinion. This needs to be handled sensitively. What they don't wanna do is water down the message to their core audience by including all the fitness stuff and talking about dress sizes to a bunch of people that are going to the gym, right? That's a completely different message. So it has to be handled sensitively, but the potential and growth opportunities for moving into that space are absolutely huge. So there you have it. There's our Huel Digital Marketing Deep Dive. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been fascinating to look into everything that Huel has been doing. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. We've got a new episode coming next week. See you soon.